0: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at PopInsider.com.
1: Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. Add Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from tasking Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking.
0: Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up the fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you... Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world! Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more?
2: So welcome to another episode of We Be Geeks. It is the dashing duo, Mike and, and Derek. And joining us, uh, if you haven't seen Studio City on Amazon, you've got to go see it. Great show. It's Sam Stevens slash Dr. Pierce Hartley. And we're talking about the actor and talking with the actor, Sean Kanan. How's everyone doing?
0: Hey, hey, Mike, Derek, how are you guys?
2: Awesome. So this was a take two because I kind of was going a different direction originally, but we're going to get to the past here in a bit, but let's talk Studio City. Uh, sure. At the moment, you, it's what, six episodes?
0: Yeah, the first season is six episodes on Amazon Prime, and uh, we are definitely looking to expand for our second season. We're, we're hoping to expand to uh, a 22-minute format, you know, which is what... A normal 30 minute show was with commercials uh, and uh, hopefully eight to 10 episodes.
2: Excellent. So, where'd you come up with the idea for Studio City?
0: So, this is a project that I've been working on for a really long time in various incarnations. Um, It was originally going to be a comedy, and through the right series of relationships and circumstances, uh, I, I partnered with a guy named Timothy Woodward Jr., who is a, a film director, and uh, we talked about doing it as a uh, digital series. And that's what we did for the first season. Um, the episodes were about 15 minutes long each, and there's six of them. And uh, we thought it was a really great way to kind of introduce an audience to a new show, new characters, uh, you know, make it very easily digestible. And, and then look to expand uh, on the second season. And, you know, it, it worked out really well. Uh, the show's been really well received. We, we garnered 12 Indie Series Awards, and we won four of them. Wow, oh, congrats. And thank you. And uh, we uh, we have eight Emmy nominations. So it's uh, it's been really exciting.
2: Oh, wow. Well, congrats on the Emmy nominations. That, I guess this day and age, I mean, it's still hard to get uh, an Emmy nomination for a show that's on a streaming service instead of a regular network and cable service.
0: Cable well you mobile. know actually I mean, it is but um they they have the digital category now so it's got its its own category but you know you're competing against things that are you know on Netflix and you know from all over the world and it's 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 stiff competition for sure wow
2: so very cool um i will say After episode six, I'm like, okay, next episode. Wait, that was it? No, I want more. I want more. Um, So what made you decide to go in the direction you did with each episode? Because it's almost like each episode could be a standalone, even though there is a common thread that that ties them all together.
0: Well, uh, let's see. Uh, You know, we we knew we wanted to infuse the show with some really uh, timely and pertinent social issues. We deal with ageism, suicide, um, Me Too, uh, we've got a, an LGBTQ storyline. We're really proud of that because we actually made history along with the actor Scott Turner Schofield. Uh, Scott is the first trans man to ever be nominated for an Emmy. So that was, that was really cool. And, uh, you know, I... I, you know as the creator of the show I had a, a pretty specific idea of who the characters were what the relationships were uh, but as we worked on it collectively with some of our other writers one of whom is my my wife um, you know story started to emerge and that started to dictate what each episode uh, was really about I don't know if that was a that answer your question
2: or not no no it does i think it's a great answer um so with with sam did, did you how much of that is you yourself I, i'm sure you've probably been asked this before yeah you
0: know i would say that sam is really very very closely modeled after myself uh, he definitely has mm-hmm. some situations that he is involved in that I haven't necessarily had specifically in my life. But here's here's the thing. I wanted this show to sink or swim with me portraying the most honest approximation of, of who I am for the character. You know, I really wanted this character to be, uh, to have a lot of me in it. And, and um, you know, and I, and, I, and, I, and I think I did. Um, you know, I've worked in daytime television off and on since 1992. I mean, I know the world of which I'm writing. Uh, you know, it's something I'm intimately familiar with. And, you know, they always say, write what you know. And so I wanted to show what it's like to be, uh, you know, a guy on a, on a soap opera. And, you know, from the outside in, it looks like the guy's kind of got the world by the tail. I mean, he's this, you know, successful guy in a soap opera, make some good money works with beautiful women, has a hot hot girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. But when you start pulling back the layers of the onion, you see that he's got a lot of the same problems that we all deal with. You know, he's got, you know, he's got an overbearing, difficult boss. He's got, you know, cutthroat competition at work. He's got a gold digging girlfriend. He's got mommy issues. He winds up having a visit from a person he never knew existed uh, at the end of the pilot, which turns his life completely upside down. And so very quickly, you're watching this guy and going, I don't know if I'd want to be in his shoes. You know, he's he's no longer the young leading man in his show. He's in the middle of contract negotiations, and they're really putting the screws to him by hiring kind of a younger, better looking version of him to nip at his heels uh, in an attempt to get him to sign his contract. And he kind of stands his ground, but he's faced with his own mortality, that he's no longer, you know, the the young buck on the show. Um, and and so how do you feel about this guy from the opening minutes changes very quickly, as you see, with all the things and the obstacles that he has to deal with.
3: Is, would you say, any of it inspired by real life? Or, I know it's probably not directly based on real life, but...
0: Well, like I said, you know, I've worked in daytime off and on for 30 years, so I know intimately what it's like, you know, to work on the show, what goes on behind the show, the politics of shows. And and there's a lot, of course, there is, but there is with any job, you know. Um, Mm. I I also, of course, know what it's like to be an actor in Los Angeles. Uh, So those are all components that I brought to the show. Um, I also have lived some of the stuff that Sam deals with Mm -hmm. outside of the show. Uh, Not necessarily color for color, but sort of different shades of some of the same colors. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I said, I wanted to try and bring as much honesty as I I could to the character because I felt that that would really allow the audience to connect with this guy. Because here's, you guys, here's the challenge. You know, you've got, a, you've got a guy that when you see him from the outside in, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy starring on a soap opera, working with beautiful women, presumably makes lots of money. It, it's difficult to like him in the beginning. You kind of don't want to like him just because of his mm-hmm. circumstances. So right. I, I had to kind of counterweight that very quickly with showing the guy's humanity and that he's really struggling and just trying to, you know, to be a guy in the world like we all are. Um, and, and and I felt the best way that I could do that was trying to bring as much honesty from from my life to it. Okay.
2: Hmm. Now I I will say it took me the second episode to realize the bar owner was your sister. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, oh, okay, now this makes sense. Because I, I don't want to spoil the plot of when you said someone <laughs> right. comes into his life unexpectedly. Right. Uh, I, I don't want to ruin that surprise because that, that's, I think, what really makes the whole show. Yeah. Is that, that subplot going through and what that person's doing for their own discovery. Right. Um, I'm like, why is she so big on Sam? <laughs> oh wait, that's a sister. That's how she knows. It's not. A, it's not a former you know, girlfriend. It's a sister. You know,
0: whenever, you know, whenever you have a show or a movie, we're not watching a moment of someone's normal life. You know, we're, we're presumably watching a character at a moment of crisis or a moment of being on the precipice of some kind of big change and that creates the drama and the conflict which is what's interesting for us to watch so when we see Sam for the first time uh, uh, you know, he's already a guy in crisis but at the end of the pilot with the arrival of this character that he never knew um, now suddenly his life's turned completely upside down and that's what I think makes it compelling to watch this guy just you know, struggling to figure it out. You know, yep. it's kind of like, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. you know he's, he's, he's a guy in his 40s. He figured, okay, I, I kind of got life sort of figured out. In reality, he doesn't, he, there's lots of things he still hasn't figured out. Mm. Plus, like, stuff <laughs> <laughs> I can relate
3: it's interesting because it's interesting because you you, you kind of go back and forth throughout the whole show on how exactly to feel about him like you right. start off with I don't know if I like him but then you're like well I kind of like him but then, then the way he handles some things you're like nah, I don't know but it all makes sense the way don't he
0: don't you think that's
3: he, I mean I very is. few people tend to be
0: one thing you know I, I, for me I always, right right I think it's interesting to
1: play the nano shades of gray in a
0: character rather than black and white. Mm-hmm. Black and white is that's that's easy to play. It's it's the fact that you know, you know even somebody who's an asshole probably has one good redeeming quality or something that if you were to watch that individual behave within those parameters, you, you wouldn't hate them outright. Uh, and and the flip side of that is somebody who is, you know, the best possible person has their moments of, you know, uh, you know, as Mick Jagger said, doubt and shame. I mean, you know, it's when you watch them mm. and, and you're like, wow, that's that's really some questionable behavior. And that's the stuff that makes it interesting to connect with a character, I think.
2: Now, right. With with the character of your mom, yes. I, I was will, I will say this because thankfully my mom doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> Uh, but when, when my younger brother Oh, it, it gets better This is almost co- This is almost cosplayer level Derek um, When my brother was younger uh, He was part of the American Boy Choir School uh, Graduated from there and went to Walnut, Like we talked before, show Walnut Hill Performance School of the Arts uh, mm-hmm. There in outside of Boston uh, And started off as an actor And of course my mom As much as she does, oh I'm not a stage mom I'm not she was respects. Right. so here i am going i want to be a technician oh that's nice honey well if we then of course Just, junior senior year where i'm actually working um at a local off-broadway production in upstate new york she's like well if we knew you were tr- truly serious about this we would have helped you pursue this as well i'm like i can't <laughs> have screamed it anymore yeah <laughs> what was the character of your mom was there a lot of reality to that or was or was your mom kind of or, or did you pull that from other stage moms that you have witnessed
0: that was, definitely not, that was definitely not pulled from my mom, my parents were really supportive um, you know, the, the one prerequisite was that I finished college, uh, but they have absolutely been instrumental in all of my success could not have done it without them um, but, you know, also when you you tell your parents when you're 15 that you're going to go to Hollywood to be an actor, it's like saying that you're going to, you know, run away with the circus. I mean, it just sounds completely outlandish. Um, Right. So I I never faulted my parents... For, I mean, it took my parents a really long time to accept that this is what I do for a living. I don't kind of do it. It's not like my hobby. You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> my, dad, my, my dad's a guy that ran a really big business. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that went to Wharton and Brown, and he's a straight-up business guy. Which So he's very sort of analytical, and, and I, I kind of come from the whole more artistic side of, uh, of things. So, you know, it, it took him a while to kind of understand that. But back to your question. Um, no, the, the, the character uh, that Patrika Darbo plays, um, that's just the character that I really envisioned uh, in the show. And Patrika is a, uh, a good friend of mine. We've worked on, I, I can't even count how many productions we've worked on, film, television, uh, all sorts of stuff. So I, I, you know, created the part for her and uh, yeah, she just made it her own.
2: Excellent. Yeah, because she was like, there were moments like, okay, I really hate this woman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm talking about the character, not the actor, but the character. And I'm like, God, I really hate this
0: character. Right. But that final <laughs> episode is like, okay,
1: <laughs> now, now you see white,
0: and again, it goes back to nobody's black and white. You know, I, you know, people generally behave the way they do because of experiences they've had uh nice. shape their their worldview uh right or wrong but yeah that, that uh the final episode where she has that that six minute monologue yeah. i mean it's you know people <laughs> mm-hmm. they said wow you, you didn't have any lines but you know you were so compelling and i said all i had to do was sit there and listen mm-hmm. you know i didn't i didn't have to i didn't have to work too hard as an actor i just had to listen to my friend you know say the lines that uh my wife wrote. Michelle wrote that beautiful monologue. Uh mm. and uh yeah, it was pretty spectacular.
2: So please tell us she, she got How, she got an Emmy nomination for writing.
0: She did get an Emmy. Uh, we we our whole writing team got an Emmy nomination, so we're Excellent. excited about that. And Excellent. Michelle and awesome. one of our wow. other writers Lauren De Normandy won the Indie Series Award for writing. Excellent. And that was just mm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's awesome. How, how did how did um I'm very interested to find out how the, the whole storyline with the with the trans actor came about because that was really, really, really well done.
0: Thank you. Uh, well Scott Turner Schofield is someone that I've known for a while. He actually uh was on the Bold and the Beautiful. There was a transgender storyline on the Bold and Beautiful, and Scott came on the
1: show.
0: And I think I met him then, and then I saw him again at, at an award show that he was hosting, and we talked. And I was uh, I was putting together a book. It was my second book called Success Factor X, and uh, I asked Scott to be in the book, so he was in the book. So we got to know each other a little bit better. And I was talking with you know my uh, my director and the other writers. We knew we wanted to do something that had kind of an LGBTQ storyline, and for me, there was no one else to play the role but Scott um, but you know he's going to continue on the show I mean it's not you know his his is continuing on the show is not always going to be predicated on him being a trans man I mean I really right, very much right. be an actor on the show because I think he's a terrific actor that doesn't mean at times the fact that he's a trans man won't um, resurface but I don't want it to be stunt casting. You know what I mean. I I have too much respect for him. Right. Yeah. And and, and, and the LGBTQ community. You know what I mean.
3: Right. So mm-hmm. certainly, but but the the one that focused on mainly on on the uh, the support group that one. Yeah. That was yes. that was that yes. was a good that one that got me. That really got to me. Yeah, you know, that was again, a good episode.
0: Yeah, it's like, like I told you, you know, I, I've been in daytime since 1992, right? Well, who else is going to recount what it's like to be a transgender man in Hollywood and those experiences more than a guy like Scott? So, really, mm. you know, he he had all of that in him, and that's what made it so compelling, so honest.
2: Hmm. That was yeah. That was good. Yeah. So how? speaking of casting how did you decide the rest of your cast uh, how would you go about uh, pulling the different people you pulled
0: well you know my, my, my wife and I uh, talked a lot about it I mean the majority of the people are all people that I've worked with I've worked with Carolyn Hennessy on general hospital um, Sarah Brown uh, she and I have a, had a baby on general hospital Tristan Rogers uh, I worked with on general hospital and he's a good friend of mine um, uh, Patrika Darbo, another good friend. So, I mean, I looked to my friends first to try and put them in there. Um, and the director had a couple actors that he put in. And, you know, it just, the cast gelled really well. We were very fortunate.
3: Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Great.
2: Now, I saw on your IMDb, you are portraying these ca- your your characters again in a... Upcoming series called The Bubble?
0: No, no. The, the Bubble is actually the original title of, of Studio City. Ah,
2: okay. No. Gotcha. Never mind yeah. that. Never mind yeah. that. I'll, so <laughs> where where do we plan to see things go for season two?
0: Um you know, we, we are still in the process of discussing that. Um I don't I don't want to give anything away, but you know, we're gonna continue. To see Sam um, rearrange his life based on kind of the curveballs that have been thrown at him. Um, again, I know that we we do want to you know continue to tackle some socially relevant issues. I mean, you know the 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 challenge with that is that nobody wants to be lectured or preached to. And it's like, I, I, I want to put stuff in there that's right. relevant, but at the end of the day, I want to entertain people. So so it's that balance between not hitting you over the head with a ball bat, you know, saying, wow, look at these issues, look at these issues. I, I want to insert them in, in a way that uh, is, um, um, you know, that's entertaining. Uh, so, so that's kind of the plan. Mm. Uh, we're definitely going to see some new characters. Uh, we're certainly... Probably gonna see a new love interest for sam um what else uh no um uh, you know i am looking forward to you know when you only have uh six episodes that are you know around fifteen minutes each, there's not that much character development that you can you can do so so I really am looking forward to an expanded format where we can really start to show who these people are in in a in a more complete way
2: yeah, that would be good yeah. Now, now you mentioned a book, uh, Success Factor X. Can can you fill us in a little bit about about the book?
0: I I can. Uh, So Success Factor X uh, is a book that I put together with uh, a partner, uh, Joe Lieberman. And what we did was we went out to 50 exceptional individuals and we said, what's your best advice about success? You know, what does success mean to you? And uh, actually, we went out to 48 individuals because Jill and I are two of them. And we got an amazing response. Uh, we got uh, Mark Cuban as a participant, uh, Anthony Robbins, Sarah Blakely, the first to be oh, wow. uh, Daryl McDaniels, founding member of Run DMC, uh, Larry <laughs> Walker, Hall of Fame baseball player, football players, Olympic athletes, uh, Don King. I mean, just like a crazy diverse group of people. And the book is, is formatted like a beautiful coffee table book. And everybody gave an original, um, an original submission, an organic submission for the book. And the advice is, is really incredible. You know, you know, you have all these people that have become very successful. And as you read their submissions, you start to see that there, there are certain common denominators, strategies that they've all employed, no matter what they do, that have have ascended them along the path of success and you know you start thinking to yourself okay you start seeing these common denominators well maybe there's something there you know it my, my acting teacher the late roy london used to always say i've got more in common with a successful plumber than i do with an unsuccessful acting mm. teacher and, and by that he meant <laughs> very things that it takes to reach the top of, of the business of being a plumber you got to use some of those same strategies to reach the top of the game as an acting teacher or a baseball player or or a podcaster or anything else, you know, there are just certain things that you have to do. W- one of which is, you know, treat people with respect, act with integrity,
1: work hard. You, you know what I mean? Uh, right. You know, uh, mm-hmm. live your truth. You know, try and
0: try and be your most authentic self. Help other people achieve their goals without looking for anything in return. And and you know, when you start doing these things. You start finding that life rewards you.
2: Okay. Yeah. Now, with the book, what what type of uh, feedback or response have you gotten
0: uh, from it? So the book became an Amazon new release bestseller about 10 days after it was released. Oh, wow. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And it was also voted uh, one of the 20 most inspirational books of the last two decades uh, by book authority. Oh, nice. It's gotten a really terrific response. It's available uh, on on Amazon. And, uh, you know, it's one of those books that you can can open up to any page, and you can open it up again and again. You know, I always say, why do we watch – our favorite movies over and over. You know, the movies don't change, right? But right. the eyes which we see the movies change, you know, based mm-hmm. on our, our experience. You know, you're a different right. guy now than you were 10 years ago, right? And so if you if you read the same thing or watched the same movie, you might glean something totally different than you did the first time you, you saw it. And so the book is one of those things that you can almost use as a reference that you go back to again and again and and listen to, read the wisdom that's, that, that that is offered in it.
3: Excellent. That's really awesome, actually.
0: Yeah,
3: i have to check
2: that out. So Please hey, do. it is on my wish list. Just at, I just went and added it.
0: Nice. So well, yeah, let me know what you think.
2: I will. All right. Now we we talked a lot about Studio City and what's hopefully to come. A little bit, a little bit of a tease there. Um, you really came into the world, I guess, a little bit with a. Uh, small little independent film called um, oh i don't know something like karate kid three
0: <laughs> yeah well it wasn't an independent film it was definitely a student but uh, yeah karate kid definitely, uh i think introduced me to the to the world uh it was you know an, an amazing experience that very much altered in a positive way the trajectory of my career and of my life and it's it's you know, stepping, stepping into, um, a, a part of, uh, uh, a franchise that is like a part of, you know, American cinema tapestry, yeah. uh, is really interesting. Cause you know, there's already a, a fan base for it. So you're coming in and, you know, there's already lots and lots of people that have liked the first two and they're kind of waiting to see what you do. And, you know, now with, with the new show, Cobra Kai, it's not new now, it's been on a couple of years. Um, you know, there's like a whole new generation of people that have discovered the Karate Kid films. And That's, it's amazing. It's, right. it's, you know, they just the other day, I guess they ran one, two and three on Netflix and, and it, you know, they continue to run them. And I think it's kind of like, mm. it's kind of like Rocky in the sense that, you know, when, when, when you watch those films, you really get that sort of feeling inside your gut where you're, you know, you're rooting for Daniel and, you know, there's, there's some real good knowledge in it, some wisdom and, you know, uh, I, I, even to this day, I, I really enjoy every time I see the Karate Kid. You know, I'll watch it for a few minutes and remember how much it meant to me as as a young kid when I saw it.
2: Now, you, you mentioned Cobra Kai. Um, I know you haven't been invited to to relive the role of Mike in, in really? that yet. Hopefully, hopefully in the next season, if not season after that, since now over on Netflix. Yeah. Um the did, Cobra Kai you know, now looks at it at, from the other side, where maybe Daniel was the bad guy in this whole thing. <laughs> um, did you, as portraying Mike in Cry Kid three, did you get that feel as as Mike that, yeah, you know, I'm not really the bad guy here. Daniel
0: is clear that Mike was the bad guy. Uh, I mean, unlike unlike Johnny Lawrence, Mike, Mike didn't really have any redeemable qualities that we saw, Uh, you know, which is why I think it would be really fun to come on Cobra Kai and see where this guy went. I mean, did he did he wind up going to prison and becoming a worse human being or maybe he went into the military and he got straightened out and became a good guy? Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, uh, there are a lot of people that are assholes when they're 17 years old that figure it out and don't remain assholes for the rest of their life. I don't know if that happened with Mike. Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, if and when, uh, you know, I get an opportunity to dust off the Cobra Kai and, uh, uh, you know, uh, go on the show. But I'm, I'm as curious as you are.
2: Maybe maybe Mike became a soap opera star.
0: Maybe he became a soap opera star. Why not? Yeah, there you go. Sure. <laughs>
2: um so what would definitely be interesting what was one of the most interesting stories you have uh filming Karate Kid 3 well
0: um I could tell you the story about how I almost died um okay that
3: sounds interesting
0: (laughs) filming for about two weeks and broke for Christmas and I was having a lot of pain in my left thigh which I thought was from all the martial arts I was doing so I started Taking a lot of aspirin, uh, and it turned out that what the pain was was I had internal bleeding from a stunt that I did. It had nothing to do with karate, Ooh. and blood was dripping down in my femoral artery, which was agitated my leg. I was taking aspirin, which is a blood thinner, and exacerbated the bleeding. Mm-hmm. So I was in Las Vegas Christmas Day, uh, 1989, and I passed out. Um, came to the EMTs, told me that uh, I had almost no blood pressure. They took me to the hospital, told me they were going to have to operate on me. And I figured that meant like Monday and they, they met in 15 minutes and (laughs) had me sign a piece of paper that uh, said they didn't know that they could save my life. And, um, my, my parents could only get one plane ticket. That's all that was available. So they decided my dad was going to fly out and I I can't even imagine what that flight must have been like for that poor guy. They took me, in, yeah. They took me into surgery, and I, you know, I come from a family of doctors, so I, I said to the surgeon, "If you can, please don't cut my abdominal muscles, because I knew if they cut my abdominal muscles, I'd be, I'd be out of the film, because you can't heal from that very quickly." I said, "If you can resect them, because I knew they had to do like ex- exploratory surgery, they didn't know where the leak was coming from." So they, they, they did resect the muscles. So I, I woke up uh, the next day in recovery with 15 inches of staples on my abdomen. And my dad was there looking gray. And I get a phone call from John Abelson and you know, there was there wasn't a whole lot of, hey, how you doing? It's like you need to get back to work in ten days or we're gonna recast the part. And huh. so I got out of bed the next day and I was able to walk to the bathroom. And the day after that I was able to walk around you know the the hallway outside and the day after that I was able to walk a couple times around and I don't remember what day it was, but it was probably like the fourth or fifth day. Um, I, uh, I uh, had them discharge me against medical advice And I went back to the set And they decided, okay, we're going to have a stuntman do all your karate and we'll, we'll use you for the close-ups Which was really devastating Because I'd studied martial arts for years And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I, I learned all the choreography They put me with a guy who was a lineman from the Rams First time the Rams were in L.A. And, you know, he he had me doing first day, I could do a couple sit-ups. And by the end of the week, I could do, you know, 50. And two weeks later, I was doing, you know, hundreds. And long story short, I wound up doing every one of my own stunts in the film, with the exception of one stunt where the bad guys do a donut in the parking lot outside of the bonsai shop and then race across train tracks as a speeding train comes by. I, I said, there's no way I'm doing that. (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's my story from uh the karate kid three and you know i I wouldn't trade that for anything because it was an unbelievable life experience it was it was the scariest thing that had ever happened to me probably to this day and uh you know it it also showed me at least at that point in time you know kind of what i was made of you know i mean at, at that point in time i was Mentally focused enough that I willed myself back into the film, and, and and for that reason, that film is really special to me.
2: That's excellent. It's glad to hear that. Yes, it, it almost takes you right to that Superman complex, but you knew not to go over the line and and go full Superman complex of nothing's going to stop me. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right. So. Yeah.
3: Did you did you have any any um after effects from that or
0: uh well i've got a pretty significant scar in my abdomen uh sure sure oh uh but no like like internally no they 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 fixed it they plugged it up and everything was okay that's good thank god yeah
3: even though you you pushed it more than you should have at the time yeah that's pretty good
0: Yeah. yeah i did pop my stitches at one point i mean or my staples but you know, I, I had to do it. I mean, I, I, if if I didn't, I was going to get thrown out of the film. And I mean, that film completely changed my career. And, and right. you know, I got that film from an open call. I stood in line with fifteen hundred. 2,000. I don't know how many there were hundreds thousands of people that wanted that part. And, and you know, John Abelson kicked me out of the line. And I went in and, you know, screen tested with Rob Macchio and, you know, through through a, a bunch of other events that are a completely other story. Uh, they hired someone else. They fired them. They wound up bringing me in and I, I wound up doing the film. So after everything that I'd gone through, there was no way if, if it was humanly possible for me that I was not going to finish that film.
3: Mm. Very cool. So do you go back now and watch it and, and remember uh, all of that? And
0: You know, I can you I, I tell the whole lot. I mean, you know, as a, as a guy, sure, you know, so. a guy that's been acting now for, you know, over three decades, I, I'm very critical of myself and I, I see a lot of stuff. That I wish I had done differently, but I was just, you know, such a new actor. But you know, the reality is, I, I, I played what they wanted for the role. Um, um, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll watch it for a minute or two. I, I do still like watching kind of the final, the final tournament scene. Uh, it's kind of fun. Um, but I haven't seen actually. You know, I take that back. You know, you know what? I saw, I saw the whole film. Uh, about two and a half years ago, two years ago, because the Cobra Kai guys put a screening on in Hollywood, and I went with Marty Cove, so I did watch the whole film uh-huh. again. So, yeah, I actually, I've seen it uh, as recently as two years ago.
2: Now, you were saying you know you find it hard to watch yourself from back then. Do you do you still have that same issue with like Studio City? I mean, are you able to sit down and watch yourself now, or is it still hard because you could still you do the know, same thing it's
0: easier now? I mean, it's easier now, especially Studio City. I really, I, I, was, I was pretty happy with what I was able to do in Studio City. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and also it's, you know, now me as, 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 as a seasoned actor who's had lots and lots of time to work on what I do. Uh, but, you know, I, I still pick stuff apart. And I think, I think that, you know, the picking it apart is what always keeps you striving to do better and to do more.
2: Right. Going back to Karate Kid. And, and actually, you know, we'll, we'll do this with Studio City as well. Because uh, this question could go for both. What's been your favorite moment with each project? <sighs>
0: I would say with Karate Kid 3, it was filming the the final fight scene in the tournament that was really exciting. Um, You know, it was the whole film hinged on whether or not, you know, the relationship between Mike Barnes and Daniel and Daniel's abject fear of Mike Barnes, which necessitated Mr. Miyagi telling him to kind of reach deep down, if that was believable. And I don't know that the producers thought that I could pull it off. And, and you know, I ad-libbed all those lines. Those were all ad lib lines when I'm, you know, your karate shit, your teacher, blah, blah, blah. That's all ad-libbed. And I just, I just went. And I could see that the producers were like, holy crap. He did it and pulled it off and so that was really exciting for me um uh it was also you know it was a big studio film i mean there were you know six or seven cameras filming lots of extras i mean i had seen the all valley tournament you know in the in the first film and now suddenly i'm the guy there so it, it was it was pretty tricky. um as far as you know studio city uh I, you know I, I think seeing it on amazon i mean just you know There's such a Herculean effort to get this project done and financed and filmed and made and then, you know, positively received and, you know, to see it actually in my living room, knowing everything that it took to get it there and how many people helped me along the the, the journey to do it. um, You know, I, I, I had to really allow myself a moment and just say, you know what, man, good job. You know, it, maybe maybe nothing else will happen with it. Maybe no one will really like it. But you know what? You did it. You did it, and 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 that's a that's a big deal. Um, I, I think with every project I do, there's there's always something special about it. Um, you know, if I if I really had to go through all the the things I've done in my career, I I, I tend to be able to find something interesting and special and sentimental about each one. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah so what, what, what led you to decide to go through the whole process of creating, creating your whole show for Studio City and putting it out there and putting it up on Amazon? Was it something you've wanted to do for a long time? or
0: Yeah, it's a project that I've been working on for a really long time. Um, you know we, we put it on Amazon because it's such an incredible platform that has the ability to reach so many people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, what, was it difficult to pitch to Amazon, or was it fairly easy?
0: Uh, well, you know, my, my partner, Timothy Woodward Jr., uh, has directed like 15 films, and uh, he's had a lot of things on Amazon before, so he was really instrumental in facilitating uh, the opportunity to get on their platform. So, you know, here's the thing. Anytime, you're, anytime that you're working on a project, it really does take a pillage. You know, everybody brings something mm-hmm. still. And, uh, you, you know, uh, this, this project absolutely would not have happened uh, without my partner, Timothy Woodward Jr., um, you know, without my wife. Uh, but like I said, this is something that I had been working on off and on for over a decade. I'd work on it. I'd wind up throwing it back in my desk drawer. I'd dust it off. I'd work on it some more. You know, it would look like it was going to get made here. It would look like something was going to happen there, and it just never did. And it wasn't until sort of the right tumblers fell into place that it unlocked the opportunity, you know, for it to happen. And that absolutely was a function of several people working very hard on behalf of the project, not just not just me.
2: Now, with a project like Studio City, is it amazon Um who gives you the go-ahead to say, hey, let's do a season two, or Uh, you say, I want to do season two, and they go, okay, yeah, well, you've done well. Let's, we'll we'll put it back on here again.
0: um, No, actually, actually, no. Uh, The the show is seen exclusively on Amazon, but Amazon has nothing to do with the show's production. Um, Oh. You know, Amazon is our platform, uh, but... You know, the the ability to do a season two is going to be predicated on, you know, us being able to sell the show internationally. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, um, but at this point, Amazon uh, is not our production partner, and that's okay. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of shows on Amazon that are not Amazon Originals, Okay. you know, that, that simply hmm. have Amazon as kind of a, a hosting platform.
2: Okay. Something new I, I learned about Amazon.
0: That's that's cool. Yeah, okay. I, I,
2: I okay. didn't know that. That's cool. One of
0: the things that I have learned during this process and still need to learn are, um, <laughs> are glacial. Not glacial, huge. I mean, yeah.
2: So, <laughs> so at this point in time.
0: Well, yeah.
2: At this point in time, you know, the decision for season two is really in your hands. Right. And then depending on the response, season three comes in your hands. Right, right. But uh, the hope easier, saying, a little bit of freedom, huh? Interesting.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there is, but also it's, you know, it's contingent on us striking. Sure. allow us to, to fund it. So, you know, there's right. a lot of work to be done, but, but we seem to be moving in a very positive direction.
2: So you kind of almost have there in the back of your mind, hopefully Amazon is looking at all our success and may want to pick us up? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, that would be nice, but there's there's many, mm-hmm. many ways to do this. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that would be nice if they decide to do that, but if they don't, that's absolutely fine, too. You know, I mean, you just, you just saw how Cobra Kai moved from YouTube to Netflix. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's so many things that can happen uh, in in the course of getting a show produced, getting a show distributed, sold, blah, 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 that, you know, we're working on it, though. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> so what was up for you next uh, while working on Studio City uh, or the next season?
0: Well, what's next is on, on July 19th, we have the uh, the second Uh, show of the daytime Emmys where they're going to give all the awards for the Mm. digital dramas of which we're up for another seven. Uh, We're we're obviously hoping that we take a few home Um, and uh, you know, at that point, we'll be probably getting into the writer's room and starting to sculpt season two. So at this point, um, you know, Studio City is really my main focus right now. Um, You know, as far as stuff in the future. I mean, so much of it is contingent on what the hell's going on with the coronavirus. I mean, you know, I would very much Mm, like, very much like, I'd like to do a play uh, because I love theater, but you know, uh, who the hell knows if people can go to the theater, you know what I mean? So uh, right now production is, uh, it's not at a standstill, but it is definitely crippled. And, you know, so we just have to kind of wait and see. Uh, when we can get back into production, et cetera. So um, I, I've got lots of plans. Uh, you know, M- Mother Nature is going to be the one that uh, <laughs> you know that, that determines what the, the you know what the uh, timetable is.
3: Uh, well, we're all in that boat right now, so we yeah. know how you feel.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know. So no, it's frustrating We all want to seem to be in control of our own destiny, and in reality. You know, you can only do what you can do, but there are outside right. that uh you know unfortunately are uh determining what, what's going on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, unfortunately. Any other big projects coming up for
0: you? Um uh, well let's see, I, I, I have a film that I think came out on Showtime uh last month called Beyond the Law. Uh which is hmm. uh, uh it's a thriller with Steven Seagal and DMX, which was directed by Tim Woodward Jr so uh i think that just Hmm. came out and um uh like i said really just uh working towards getting season two of studio city uh done is my my other big my other big project so that's i'm I'm putting most of my energy into that right now
2: excellent so we'll have to go check out beyond the
0: law (laughs) yeah yeah you'll like it It's a it's a fun film good action
3: excellent and I, for one, I'm really hoping that there will be a second season for Studio City. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
2: I'm, you know, I'm going to say it now. I'm, I'm hoping for a season three.
0: You and me both, man. <laughs> yeah, Let's turn right to season three.
2: Uh, cause I, sure, why not? I know I definitely want to see season two, especially with the way you left. La- you know, that sixth episode, I'm like, okay, next episode. Oh, yeah, there's only six. I want more. Right. And, and, I'm and, actually, and that's a, uh, that's a legit feeling. I, I want, I, I want, want more. To to the- I'm actually
3: looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to, to, uh, the idea of, of, uh, you doing longer episodes as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me, too. That would know, be, they, that'll that'll be good, good, I think. Or, I guess that's what we did, but I'm, I'm ready to, to, to give more, Till.
2: Mm. Excellent. Where can people find you online?
0: So, uh, you know, I, I really try and uh, respond when people reach out to me. So you can, uh, reach me, uh, on Instagram is at, I think it's at Sean Canaan or yeah, it's at Sean Canaan, I think. Uh, and, uh, uh at Sean Canaan on Twitter, that's the best way to, uh, mm. to get a hold of me. And uh, like I said, I really, I really try and do my best to respond when, uh, when people reach out. Yeah. At
2: Sean Kanan. At Sean Kanan. And that's Kanan, like Kanan from Star Wars Rebels.
0: That is so funny you say that because I've got a framed cover of the comic book in one of my bathrooms.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Awesome. Very
3: nice.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. He's got kind of a douche beard. I mean, you know, I got I to admit, you know, if I had to fit the guy, he probably wouldn't be like a ponytail douche beard guy. But
3: yeah, well.
0: Star Wars character as your last name, you take what you can get because it's pretty
2: cool. Right? <laughs> I, I would say, I, I, and I'm saying this jokingly, I mean, it's, it's Freddie Prince Jr.
0: But we all know yeah. Freddie's
2: a, a nice guy. Oh, his voice? He did the voice, yeah.
0: No way! Freddie Prinze <laughs> yeah. Jr. really. Yeah. Month ago. No, not, not, I take that back. Oh, really? No, no, it wasn't a month ago. It was like four and a half months ago. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On his, uh, he had a TV show called Freddy that I was on, so got to know a really nice guy. Oh, so, yeah. It was the voice of Kanan?
2: Yeah. And, and Sarah, and Sarah yeah. was mm-hmm. the voice of Second Sister.
0: Cool. Okay. Live and learn.
2: Yep. Also, awesome. yeah, if you. Next, next, you run into him, you can
3: ask him about it,
0: and I will. I shall do. That. I, I got this comic book. I want oh. you to sign.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he could even sign it for him.. would okay. be awesome. oh, cool.
0: Well, you guys, this was really fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, it was kind of just like, you know, shooting the breeze with a couple of pals. So I really enjoy talking with you and uh, was hopefully at some point again.
2: And, uh, that's what we try to do here. And, and sorry about the initial introduction. Uh, like I said, I was trying to, I was, my initial thing was I wanted to build up to what you're doing now. Got it. Got it. <laughs> you know what? It worked out better going straight to the chase, going, hey, this guy is Sam on, Sam Stevens on Studio City, but you could check out. All six episodes on Amazon. See, I'm going to plug again. And that's Sean, pre- And that it's Sean Cannon.
0: Hey, look, you didn't mispronounce my name, and you didn't. You didn't say to me. Uh, so tell me what you've been in. I, I've gotten that before, and I'm like, seriously. Oh really? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no we, we, <laughs>
2: At least look it up. <laughs> we we look the, where I was stumbling was you know we, we mentioned briefly you were in General Hospital as AJ Quartermain
0: and yep. and I
2: was trying yep. to I was trying to find. I knew it was Quartermain, I couldn't remember the character's first name. And I was trying to find that on IMDb when when we decided, let's redo this. And like, okay, we're going to go straight to the chase and talk studio and, and mention Studio City.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that. I do indeed.
2: So, and, uh, and uh, thank you for, for talking um, Karate Kid with us as well.
0: I, you listen, you know what? I, I, I love when people are, are fans of the Karate Kid films. I, I love talking with them. You, know, you guys are like the most loyal fans there are, uh, apart from soap. Opera fans so it's, it's my privilege to you know be able to to chat about the show and tell you a few stories i really appreciate it uh,
1: all right you guys thank you so much
2: no problem thank you for coming on and uh thank we'll you. talk soon wishing you all the yeah hey, we appreciate it Bye-bye. bye
1: I've got a great show for you to check out. The Pop Culture Show with Barnes, Leslie, and Cubby. These guys fly through all the latest pop culture news like TV, movies, gadgets, celebrity news, and more. Barnes is a pop culture junkie, musician, and TV-aholic. He's also an actor. He's in that new Steve Carell movie that just came out called Irresistible. He was also a recurring character in Prison Break on Fox. Leslie has an interesting background as she's a power exec at a cable TV network and is down into it every day. With musicians, actors, personalities, and has her hand on the pulse of Hollywood gossip. Cubby is the morning show personality on one of New York City's top radio stations. This guy knows everyone and pulls in some really cool guests. These three have all known each other for over two decades, and it shows really tight shows. And you can tell they are all friends. I think that makes a difference when I'm listening to podcasts. It's obvious from their collection of guests that they are all connected. They get many celebrity guests that are tough to get from for a podcast pretty solid collection of pop culture talk from all over the map huge variety which makes each show unique listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts the pop culture show
2: and welcome back that was that was a fun interview with sean i who knew he was (laughs) You're sign this paperwork because you may not be living after doing (laughs) doing doing (laughs) Really? <laughs> That's was, that was a, <laughs> yeah. a good story. Well, speaking of stories, got a couple great stories for you. Let's start off with the one that was that kind of dropped July second. Actually both of these stories dropped July second. Um first one. This one's right up your alley. Oh yeah? Oh. oh yeah. Um you know what a gigawatt is, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What's a gigawatt? It's uh I can't come up with a good joke.
3: <laughs> I know it's from Back to the Future. It's what's used to. It's what powers the time
2: machine. Yep. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Do I not have that drop? Shame on me! I, th- I swore I had that drop. Oh. Oh. I know. I don't really have. I don't even have the other drop. Oh. So uh, here we go. So we're talking about a gigawatt. It's 1.2 gigawatts that powers the. Are
3: you telling me you built a time machine?
2: Actually, no, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm Mm going to tell you Hasbro has built a transformer out of a time machine. Yes. Um, Apparently, a question comes up. uh, This comes from James, our good friend over at Pop Insider, the toy book, The Toy Insider. Um, What if Marty McFly finally made it back to the future from 1955, only to draw uh, unwanted attention from a crew of uh, Decepticons? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well that's going to be the question asked by the first ever transformers x crossover back to the future collaboration this mashup is the latest piece to come out of the year long back to the future 35th anniversary celebration i think i want to pick up this book Mm. i i missed out did you pick up the transformers ghostbusters collaboration from last year the comic book yes how is it
1: uh,
3: it's all right. Not exactly what I would, what I was hoping for, but it's not bad.
2: Okay. Well, this may not be exactly what I'm looking for here, but I love back to. I love Ghostbusters, and I, I, mm. I'm sad that I missed out on Ectotron, which was last year's figure for the mashups. You can still get it. Yeah, but I'll, I'll get it later. Um, but you know, the comics. I'm. I'll probably go on to. The comicology and get the uh, the digital comics um, and I may do the same thing with uh, with this but this this sounds like a series I actually want to get um so Hasbro Universal and Amblin entertainment is introducing a time-traveling transformer Autobot named gigawatt um, he transforms into the iconic Delorean time machine in 17 steps hmm and if you transform him and and reach the speed of 88 miles per hour while transforming him in your hands, the car will disappear. Okay, just <laughs> kidding. Um, the toy includes a blaster and a whip antenna accessory. <laughs> just like what they used in 55, to, which is cool. This thing's gorgeous. Um have you seen pictures of it? I have not, no. Go I'll to look th- it up. Well, not only can you look it up on the Pop Insider, but also look it up on WeBeGeeks.net, because I have a story on it there as well. Um, but it also includes, um, feature, uh, and the features are movie-inspired, including... Uh, Doc, Doc Brown style goggles, a flux capacitor chess piece, and time circuits. Gall wing doors open, and collectors can rotate the wheels from vertical to horizontal to produce the nineteen ninety five hover conversion, as seen at the end of the film. No word on whether or not Mister Fusion is in the mix. <laughs> so, um, the just like last year's Transformers. Crossover with Ghostbusters. Um, this will complete. Uh, this one will come complete with a narrative story told through IDW. Uh, it's a four-part comic miniseries that uh, asks the question in the timeline in which Marty returns to Hill Valley to discover that Doc Brown's time machine has attracted the attention of the Decepticons. Um, Gigawatt is av- available now on Walmart, but when I checked, they said it was sold out. Um, Already? Wow! Yeah, a variant release will be available beginning October first on Hasbro Pulse and select retailers, just as the first issue of the comics hit the stores. Hmm. So, did you get a chance to see it? Because I know you're a huge Transformers guy. Yeah, it looks really cool. It, I, it's a gorgeous piece. Even even with the way <laughs> the windows are, I really like the way this is done. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. Now, did you get Ectotron? Not yet. But I want to. Have they done any other mashups? Um, sort of. Um,
3: well, yeah, they've done a few with the Transformers. Um, they did not uh, not with like comic book crossovers and stuff, but actual toys. They did one that was uh, uh, actually it was a. Snowcat from GI Joe, and it was a transformer. Okay. Um, then they had, a, for a brief while, they had a line of an entire an entire line of Star Wars, Star Wars, Star yeah. Wars uh, vehicles that transformed. Um, which I have a few of those. There, Um. So yeah, they've done a few of them, and there's probably some others
2: I'm forgetting. But okay. Well, how about? this remember 20 was it 2012 Disney buys Vaguely. Disney buys Lucasfilm from George Lucas mm-hmm. right sometime in 2014 uh, were you on the show yet in
3: 2014 mm-hmm. 20- no i think it started in
2: 15 2015, 2015 I believe. 15. okay hold that note uh-huh all right as i let the dog out um well, sometime in 2014, it was announced Star Wars was returning home to to Marvel, and then I believe it was what mm-hmm. February 2015 is when everything launched in the January, beginning of February. Now, sure, um, Dark Horse had the run between the two Marvel eras, and no, uh, it it wasn't it wasn't poor. It was it was a great run. Loved 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 the Dark Horse. Run. Now I'm going sure. to want to jump ahead. 2019, Disney purchases 21st Century Fox. Mm-hmm. Among some of the assets, Family Guy, Firefly, Simpsons, X Files. Um, mm-hmm. 28 days later, franchise, Alien franchise, Alien Nation, mm-hmm. Alien versus Predator, Avatar, Ooh, the Alien Nation. Yeah, I love that TV show. Mm. Avatar, uh, Behind Enemy Lines, Uh, Chronicles of Narnia, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Die Hard. The only film that truly scared the uh, Jesus, The Exorcist, and of course, that whole series. Mm. The Fly film series. yeah, Hitman. Oh, yeah. Home Alone. Ice Age. Independence Day. Well, okay, we'll forgive him for that. Kingsman, which I can't wait to see the new one. MASH. I still haven't seen the second one. Second one's not bad. I, I I enjoyed the second one. I, I like the first one better, but the second one was, was very very palatable. Uh, Maze Runner, Night at the Museum, uh, Percy Jackson, Plan the Apes, Predator, The Revenge of the Nerds franchise. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine seeing at Disney Hollywood Studios? Hey, for spring break weekends, it's it's the Revenge of the Nerds weekends at Disney Hollywood Studios. Come enjoy your weekends of spring break. <laughs> 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 uh, of course, the Fantastic Four on film and the X Men series. Man, and that's not even mm-hmm. all the films that I have listed on the story on WeebieGeeks.net. Um, but wait, I did mention Alien, did mention Predator, mm-hmm. I did mention mm-hmm. Alien versus Predator. Mm-hmm. So the announcement that came July second, I was surprised, mm-hmm. but not shocked. Why? Uh-huh. Go back the minute or two and listen to the history I just gave about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Marvel mm-hmm. announced on July second mm-hmm. that it will start publishing the comics for Aliens, for Alien and Predator. Yep, I saw that. Yeah. So, um, again, not saying Dark Horse did anything wrong. No. They actually, they did some really good aliens and Predator stuff.
3: And unlike the movies, they did some good aliens versus
2: Predator stuff. Yes. Well, that's where the whole concept came from. Right. For the film was from the movie, But they did the it comics. Right. Yeah. Right, but the comics did it the right way. Now, I didn't mind the first Alien vs. Predator. I hated it. That one was okay. The second one bothered me a lot. They were both bad. Now, why am I not shocked? Well, again, look at the history with Star Wars. Disney now owns the franchises. They own Marvel, mm-hmm. so making the move for future creative control, comics-wise, is is not a bad idea. It's more it's more in line of keeping them under the Walt Disney Company umbrella, um, to keep everything in house for for a little tighter creative control, mm-hmm. and make it easier to say, "Here's our future," because they've talked about Disney's talked about new films. For both franchises, and this is a way of them communicating all that on the comic to the comic side as well, and drawing potential can- new canons or fleshing out canons of the comics in the of the previous comics, which will now appear on Marvel Unlimited. Let's hope, mm-hmm. um, etc. Now, no creative teams have been announced yet, but the the two poster arts that they did for this look great, uh, and they were done by uh, oh, who did them? David Finch. Ooh, yeah. The one with the predator holding Iron Man's helmet mm. is awesome. Yeah. The xenomorph on the Milano eh, it looks okay. <laughs> I mean, I could I could see where that where that's where they went with it. Man, I really love Predator on on top of Avengers mm. Tower with uh, with the helmet. <laughs>
3: Some very interesting future possibilities with this. Yes.
2: now we may see some crossovers. Uh, Who knows? Um, will we see them in the MCU? I hope not. Let's helpful, them, but yeah. They, they, yeah, we we could we have, we could get some good crossovers. Um, oh yeah, to to um, yeah to quote. CB Um there's nothing more thrilling than a story that will keep you on the edge of your seat. And Alien and Predator have delivered that time and time again. Uh, I can clearly mm-hmm. remember where I was when I saw each of these modern masterpieces for the first time and reveling in how much on how both masterfully weave extraterrestrial dread and drama into some of the most iconic scenes we've ever seen on film. And it's that legacy that we're going to live up to.
3: Mm -hmm. Very good,
2: very good. uh, Marvel editor Jake Thomas, which I'm assuming he may become the editor for for these titles, uh, says the incredible legacies of both franchises offer some of the most compelling and exciting world building in all of science fiction. It's a thrill and honor... To be able to add that mythology and continuity with all new stories set within those universes. These books may be getting added to my pull list. Indeed. Because I have... I I mean, again, with Dark Horse, I have the Dark Horse issues digital. I have them all on digital. It's a chance to collect all these from the beginning. That opportunity, I'm going to take advantage of it.
3: I just had A thought An interesting thought Okay With all of this So Last year uh, Marvel Comics Regained the right To publish Conan the Barbarian Comics Yep now they have the rights to publish Predator and Alien comics. You won't going with this?
2: Uh have you noticed too if you if you don't if you haven't forgotten? Uh last month it was announced they also are going to start publishing Ultraman comics. Yes.
3: Oh man. We're talking some crazy, some crossovers, possibilities here. Oh, yep. oh, 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 oh! Andrew Conan fighting a an alien or a predator, or yeah. Ultraman fighting an alien or predator. Yeah. Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! I want to see it.
2: We talked about it over on Mighty Marvel Geeks. How about this? What if? See, I want to see the crossovers as what in in a new like what if type series? Yes. Yeah, you know, if you're going to do this, what if oh, Ultraman yes. with Marvel characters? What if oh, Alien with Marvel characters? What if Predator? That's brilliant. What if Alien versus Predator versus Craven?
3: Ooh. Or uh-huh. <laughs> so Alien versus Predator versus Venom or, oh,
2: man, the possibilities. I got brought up. Oh, oh, I love it. Alien versus the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of teased a little bit in the, uh, yeah. in the one poster. All right. Yeah. Uh, comicbook.com pitched the idea of uh, Alien versus Predator versus Avengers. And then I took it I took mm. it a step further. Mm-hmm. Alien versus Predator versus Avengers versus X-Men. A versus P <laughs> versus A versus X. <laughs> AVAX or Ape- Apex. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, so many possibilities. Yeah, baby. So, I mean, like I said, I was surprised? Yeah. But, but I'm not. I shocked. Did not. Uh no, right. I am I'm, I'm not shocked. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, why am I not shocked? Again, Dark Horse had the comics with uh for Star Wars after Marvel gave it up. Mhm. Um why then once they Disney bought Dark Horse or bought Lucasfilm along comes Star Wars back to Marvel. Why not do the same thing realistically with, uh, mm-hmm. with Predator versus Alien? Mhm. Nothing says that they couldn't pretend to, well Dark Horse doesn't really do kids comics. So, who's to say they don't do a Alien and Predator kids centric if it can be done over on IDW. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Kind of help m- make it easier for kids to to understand the film mm. or the films. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's always a possibility. So yeah. um, so we're, we're going to another announcement. Factory Entertainment is introducing uh, what's called Constellation Con, Con starting July 6th. Um... It's Consolation a, Con? Consolation Con. It's a virtual replacement for its annual San Diego Comic-Con booth. Huh. Starting July 6 and running through July 17th, Factory Entertainment will host Consolation Con. Con, its tongue-in-cheek name, in a series of six streaming video presentations premiering at 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at factoryent.com and at factoryent on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Here's what collectors and fans could expect. 2020 Con exclusives. Each video will unveil several of the 16 officially licensed limited edition exclusive products created by Factory Entertainment for San Diego Comic Con 2020. These collectibles will feature top Mm pulk pop culture brands such as wonder woman aquaman star trek jaws and monty python among others immediately upon the announcement the exclusive will be available to order online at factory entertainment's website www.factoryent.com. also too they will be revealing sneak previews some of its most collectible offerings coming in late 2020 and 2021, uh, including a number of breathtaking limited edition prop replicas, uh, a category of collectibles in which Factory Entertainment is recognized as a market leader. Throughout the course of Constellation Con, Factory Entertainment will also be announcing exciting new licensing partners and special Constellation Con giveaways in conjunction with various social media partners. So there.
3: Hmm.
2: Interesting Sounds pretty cool I, yeah. I, I, I'm curious to see what's actually going to be happening With the virtual San Diego Comic Con When that comes out Yeah really So hmm. um, So yeah any uh, Anything on your end uh, <laughs> Just a quick little thing Did you see uh,
3: The announcement of what's coming out On Disney Plus this summer Some of the movies I did but go ahead and go with it um well I don't actually have the list with me unfortunately. I accidentally deleted it, but that's okay. I remember uh <laughs> of course there's Hamilton. There's, there's yep. Hamilton, which is out right now that my wife is enjoying. Uh I have no interest in myself, but that's okay. Uh but then coming out with uh X Men uh X Men Days of Future Past, uh X Men Apocalypse um the first fa- fantastic 4 film uh one of the uh one of the pirates movies i forget which one stranger tides i think so. i think uh solo's
2: finally coming um mighty ducks is uh, out yeah the big green Green's is out Heavyweights s- is out
3: s- what is the big green
2: the big green has uh the guy who the the kid actor who was um, the catcher in Sandlot. Mm. Uh, Steve Gutenberg and someone else, about a small Texas town mm. where they, uh, where the school forms a soccer team and in their first year they go through the, the league and, and I think win the championship. Mm. It's kind of a Mighty Ducks type story with mm. soccer. There's a movie I, I, I remember seeing in the theaters at the time and when it came out, and it's just one of those, like, it stuck with me. Just like heavyweights.
3: Yeah, so there's some, there's some interesting things coming to Disney Plus this summer, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to see if the, I'm, I'm just looking through. You've been watching Stargirl. Mm hmm. Oh, what a great show. Yes. I, I, I have. Really enjoying it. I have pleasantly been surprised with that show
3: i'll be i'll be honest with you um i've been getting a little burnt out on the arrowverse stuff but star girl is something kind of
2: refreshing i think so i'm really enjoying it the only realistically the only arrowverse project i'm not fed up with is legend still? Yes, I agree. I agree. I, I, I like love legends.
3: because they're going the complete opposite direction from all the rest of the Arrowverse
2: yeah. stuff, and it's just it's it's amazing. I, I want I want to get back into watching and trying to get caught up on Flash. I can't do it. I've I'm
3: caught up on it, but yeah, yeah, it's I can't getting, do it. Yeah. Supergirl, I it's gave up on Yeah. Yeah, I I watched uh, all of this Supergirl, and I'm like,
2: eh, I don't know. Uh, Batwoman. So I mean, I, I watched like, it. Nah. I mean, I enjoyed the few episodes I watched, but it, it just wasn't something I I got into. I never got. Yeah. I never got into Black Lightning. Yeah, me um, either.
3: I watched the first season, but uh. now Static Shock's in it, right? Or no?
2: I have no idea. Okay. To be honest. So yeah, I just haven't. I, it's not that I have stuff against these characters. I don't. It's just I'm limited anymore with what I'm watching. Despite the pandemic, I could have binge to watch. Uh, I could have binge watched a lot. It's just it's not anything that's it's not holding in. No. Yeah. Right. It's, n- it's not holding me in at all um whereas uh, you know with um, with legends yeah each episode has you know that you know just like in Studio City it's got that thread or that subplot to keep everything going mm. but you can miss an episode or two watch an episode and not be lost each episode right. is almost a standalone. <laughs>
3: Yeah. And they're they're just doing set they're just going all out with it and being fun with it and I
2: yeah. love it. Yeah. Um the but Stargirl is supposedly an Arrowverse show.
3: Supposedly. Uh
2: and I guess because of Crisis, Doom Patrol mm. is a Arrowverse show. <laughs> So I've heard Uh, Swamp Thing. I don't know because I haven't Mm -hmm. watched it to know exactly how they did Swamp Thing in Crisis. So all of the streaming, all the TV streaming avenues are all interconnected. But, you know, there's still that multiverse out there Mm. because I'm assuming Stargirl is not in the same universe as I
3: think so, but I'm not sure. That's what I believe. No, I don't. I think it's not. Yeah,
2: I'm not totally but, but sure. But I, I loved how it's uh, Courtney is slowly recruiting her own Justice Society. Yes, I am loving that. And it's almost a teen Justice Society. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or Justice so Society funny. Junior. <laughs> hmm. With, with but I loved how they bring Pat in as Stripe from from the Star yeah. Stripe comic. Although
3: I technically he goes by stripesy
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well I was trying I kept trying to figure out what in the world is the whole um this whole deal with the janitor and then this last episode it's like I don't know. Oh, you mean I may know something that you don't? I uh, might. Well, I'm what, not. It's what? Justin the Janitor, right? I, I'm i not. Uh, it took me a while to realize it, and I had to research a little bit as well. Because I did read, even in the 70s, I read quite a bit of the JSA, because there were JSA comics along I, with the Justice League comics. I've never read the JSA, so. Justin is Shining Knight. I have no idea who that is. Shining Knight is a guy who. Uh, who um was wanting uh, I guess has ties to the author uh the Arthuran legends. that's oh. hence why he has a sword and and apparently at one time was a member of JSA. Ah oh, but, but I love too how the JSA are they're not it's almost like this is a version two Mm. Now, and now Courtney's building version three because it's like this crew is taking character. It's like the same, same characters from world war two era are now, unless they just didn't age a lot. Mm. It's, it's more like, you know, they're, they, they were the heroes during the late eighties, early nineties through, through now. Type thing, so I I, I loved how they kind of moved them up, timeline wise. Mm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, Funko drops, according to Pop Insider, um, Funko drops its first exclusives. Uh, another and another virtual con, OTW. Whatever. I'm not sure what OTW means. Uh, so mm-hmm. Funko is celebrating the at-home version of San Diego Comic-Con with its own virtual con, which means the exclusives are close to being ours. On July 19th through 25th, Funko's social media feeds will be jam-packed with activations, special guests, and more. This marks Funko's... Third Virtual Con since conventions started to shut down because of the virus that shall remain nameless. Uh, Fans can go follow along with the event. Hashtag Funko Virtual Con. Uh, So, here are some of the exclusives that will go on sale during that time period. The San Diego Comic Con Toucan. (laughs) will be up for sale. Uh, We'll have members of the Comic-Con Museum will have exclusive access to the Red Astronaut variant of this flighty figure with only 1,000 pieces available. So it's this like Superman-style pose, a regular astronaut, and a Red Astronaut. Jack in the Box Mm. in disguise. Jack in disguise. Um, The Vinyl Soda Crunchberry Beast. So... The sugar highs of your childhood are sure to rush back the second you grab this vinyl, vinyl soda collectible. It's the Crunchberry Beast from uh, Captain Crunch being packaged in a soda can. Hmm. Uh Steve Akoi. So uh, this rocking figure from I guess Delirious and Just Hold On. Not sure who he is. Um, Ripley from yeah. Fortnite. He's a gobbly goop, gobbly goop <laughs> character. I no not know what that means. I don't either. Um from Pokemon, an Eevee and a Mew, Mewtwo uh Mew, Mewtwo. Mewtwo. Uh both of them flopped. Oh. Hmm. Uh Super Saiyan God Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Hmm. Uh from My Hero Academia. Uh uh Bagugo. I'm not big on animation. I know of that one, but I, I've never know, actually seen it. I know it. of the series, I just don't know it like you. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two-pack: Super Tails and Super Silver make their debut. Hmm. Uh, also, two from Sanrio: uh, Hello Kitty Kaiju collab, Hello Kitty robot. Huh? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Michelangelo with surfboard <laughs> Di- The surfboard says and has the San Diego Comic Con logo on it uh, From the animation series Samurai Jack And this is uh, I'm going to share a screen so you can see this <clears throat> Alright Can you see this figure are you seeing the recorder Oh yeah who I see is that I don't know who that is Stupid mm. me I don't either but it looks great. I'm not sure. Yeah, from Masters of the Universe. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Those Trap- are awesome. Trapjaw and Moss Man are in the Soda Vinyl Soda series and that is uh oh, I can't I can't think of who the f- top 2 are. Help me out here. Oh. Uh. uh...
3: Well, you got to ask the guy with the horrible memory.
2: Sucks getting old.
3: Mm. I don't remember. I don't either. Their names.
2: But they still look great. From yep. We got Zim from Invaders. <laughs> Zim. <laughs> we have Alien as Kevin. Hey, uh, remix. Pixar remix. That looks cute. Yeah. Disney's Emperor's New Groove. Yasma as Cat. As a cat. Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Clown with Tearaway Face. In the Vinyl Soda Hmm. series. Hmm. Uh, From The Office, Recyclops. Oh! uh, DC Superheroes. There is uh, Black Lightning, Raja Ghoul, and Cyborg Superman. Cool. Mr. Freeze. See? And it Hmm. glitters. There's glitter on it. I, I, yeah, that's awesome. This one I wouldn't mind. I didn't mind Schwarzenegger as Freeze. It was a, the script was horrible. Yes, agreed. Sith jump trooper or jet trooper? Mm. You notice the the blast from the jets makes up the stand. Uh, that is awesome, Stanley. Oh, <gasps> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thing. Oh, oh wow.
3: That must be from the Marvel Zombies line. Ten inch pop,
2: wow! And this is this is the new. Uh, what is it Star? Is her name from the Captain Marvel series? Uh, yeah. uh X Men. Ooh, <gasps> Alan Cummings. Uh, uh, I could do without. I could do without
3: the lame Deadpool, but yeah, Nightcrawler, oh, awesome. Next?
2: Yeah. Uh, but I, I love the look. I love how it's on the stand. Dumb. Yeah. Awesome. See, I I have always heard people say, you know, at the end, you know, when he when he cuts open his mouth to get ready to, talk, I'm like, I've watched that slowed it down so many times, I have missed where the where Weapon X's mouth reopens. Uh, uh, uh I don't recall that happening. I don't either. Um, Harry Potter, Harry at the World Cup from uh, Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. If I showed that one too, Zoe, she would go nuts. <laughs> uh, from Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, Iron Bob. <laughs> I still got to watch that. I have watched it. It's it's pretty good. I actually enjoyed it. From Scott Pilgrim, Wallace with a phone. <laughs> oh, Marty McFly, Back to the Future. This is from the cartoon. Nice. Isn't it? It says uh, pop, sure. pop television. That would be from the cartoon. Yeah. I wish someone was streaming that cartoon, but man, that one looks good. Uh, from Critical Role, Vex on a Broom. I have no clue what Critical Role is. It's a Dungeons and Dragons thing, related
3: thing. It It's uh, like a
2: web series thing. Okay. Uh, they're all scented, or one of them scented. Uh, <laughs> Pops from Anchorman. I wonder if that's the, uh, what was it? Something Tiger Cologne? Oh, yeah, yeah, I wonder if it smells like that. Mm. Uh, and that's it. That's all that's been talked about from Pop Insider. Some cool stuff there. So, um, <clears throat> trying to think. Any other major stories? I don't, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Apparently uh, there's a The Boys bloopers reel has been released Which that may be interesting to watch Yeah I'll just check that out Um, Other than that I can't think of anything I think we've covered enough Alrighty any final thoughts Yep I do
3: have one final thought It is A little fun fact That is actually kind of Related to something We've been talking about tonight And that fun fact is, Bill Paxton and Lance Henriksen are the only actors to have been killed by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator.
2: (laughs) Woo! That came out of nowhere. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty cool. Nice little
3: fun, fun fact for you.
2: Well, how about this (laughs) little fun fact? Apparently, Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever, uh, there's a 170-minute cut reportedly in existence.
3: That's nice. Don't need to see it.
2: (laughs) I'm afraid to see more Jim Carrey. I I love the Riddler. I I did not mind him as the Riddler. God, I'm almost afraid. Mm. I am almost afraid. I really am. So what do you have on tap over on uh, Keepers of the Fringe this coming week? No, taking the weekend off because of the fourth.
3: <laughs> yeah, yes, we are actually taking this weekend off because of the Fourth of July. Alrighty then. So well, um, however, I am planning on uh, on the New England Society of Geeks. I'm planning on starting my rewatch of the Clone Wars cartoon this weekend.
2: <laughs> Long road ahead. <laughs> Yeah, but it'll be a fun one. Yes, it will. So, well, on that note, there's nothing left for us. We want to thank again Sean Kanan for coming on the show. Uh, it was a blast having him on. Indeed. And uh, until next week, which we have, uh, we got another guest. Oh, and boy. I'm just going to leave it at that at this point in time. So, until next time, want to know more? <laughs>
1: The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.
0: Next Saturday night,
2: we're sending you back to the future. Hey Scott.